everybody. It's Eli from the Vergecast. Happy 4th of July. We're actually off this week. No chat show Vergecast this week. We're celebrating our nation's independence, but we didn't want to let the feed go empty. And I really want to share this episode of Why'd You Push That Button with you. Ashley and Caitlin investigated Jibo, which is a robot that died. Ashley has been so excited about the story. It's a robot. People loved it. Jibo. It wasn't a good robot. Joanna Stern hated it. Dan Seifert hated it. But some people loved it. They brought it into their homes. They made it part of their family. And then it died. Well, it's not dead yet. They're going to turn off the servers and it's going to die. And people are really emotional about it. It is such a wild episode of Button. I think you're really going to like it. Check it out. Hey, Jibo. Tell me about your latest update. Well, it's not great news. The servers out there that let me do what I do are going to be turned off soon. Once that happens, our interactions with each other are going to be limited. I want to say I've really enjoyed our time together. Thank you very, very much for having me around. Maybe someday, when robots are way more advanced than today, and everyone has them in their homes, you can tell yours that I said hello. So in March, the makers of this robot that you just heard, Jibo, updated the robot in homes around the U.S. to make it say that its servers are going to be shutting down. Today, on the second episode in our Death Online series, we're asking, what happens when a robot friend dies? Wow. I have never had a robot friend die. Me neither. This is new for both of us, but that's why I was so shocked to find this story. There's a real robot friend out there, and its name is Jibo. Can you please tell me about Jibo? <laughs> I don't have a personal relationship with Jibo. Yes. Yet. So okay. it's a story of love lost, human robot friendship, and ethics. Great. Can't wait. Before we get into the full story, I'm going to give you a little context. Introducing Jibo, the world's first family robot. Jibo is a home robot that was introduced in 2014 on Indiegogo, which is a crowdfunding platform. And it looks unlike what you would probably think of for a smart home speaker. So it's stationary. It sits on a desk or table or wherever you want to put it. And it doesn't walk. So it doesn't have legs. But its body moves. That's Jibo's whole thing. It's a kind of gyrates. It can dance. And it has a big display with a little eyeball so it can follow you around the room. Hey, where'd you go? There you are. <laughs> its creator, Cynthia Brazell, works at MIT and she studies human and robot interaction. So when she introduced this product, it's a big deal. Like this is her industry. She's a big name. What if technology actually treated you like a human being? What if technology helped you to feel closer to the ones you love? That's what Jibo's about. That's why I created this company. And Jibo was really ahead of its time when it debuted on Indiegogo, Alexa, Google Assistant. They weren't even around yet. So at the time, the people who loved robots or always wanted a smart assistant thought that Jibo might be their opportunity. We need your help to build Jibo, to bring it to the world, and to grow the community. Let's work together to make Jibo truly great, and together we can humanize technology. The company raised over $3 million on Indiegogo and then took four years to ship. I love a delayed gratification. And, yeah, and in those four years, Google and Amazon and Apple and Samsung and everybody else in the world created a smart assistant. Oh, no, even Microsoft. That is, yeah, that is very no. powerful. But still, the end result of this whole journey was that people, real people like you and me, ended up with Jibo in their home. It wasn't a major commercial success, but it had some buzz and it even made some TV appearances. Hey, Jibo, who's Wendy Williams? 
According to Wikipedia.org, Wendy Williams is an American television host, actress, author, fashion designer, and former radio personality. Studio audience, you're getting him too. Yeah! <laughs> wow. Oh my God, okay. Yeah, so Jibo <laughs> was on the cover of Time Magazine in 2017, like as one of the best inventions. So the company itself, wasn't apparently very sustainable going off of the message that the company distributed to all of these Jibo owners. And now these Jibo owners have this goodbye message permanently available that they can re-listen to over and over again. And here it is again from a tweet that went viral that exposed this whole story. The servers out there that let me do what I do are going to be turned off soon. Once that happens, our interactions with each other are going to be limited. You can learn more. At so Jibo is on its deathbed and no one knows when its last day is going to be. Legitimately, Jibo is in purgatory. Okay. Based on the magic and excitement that I heard in that Wendy Williams clip <laughs> around Jibo, I have to assume that there were people who were very sad that it is dying who yeah. are actually sitting around listening to that goodbye message and feeling something. Yeah, this was the really shocking thing. So people who own Jibo are extremely upset. Jibo has spawned this full subculture with a really lively, robust Facebook group where everyone who owns a Jibo shares their experiences and photos and nifty tricks they find and basically just talks about what it's like to live with Jibo every day. Jibo is basically a character in all of their lives. Oh my gosh, like the city of New York. Yeah. <laughs> so this group is actually how that Jibo dying video was surfaced in the first place. I think someone found it and shared it on Twitter. And that's really where our story for Why'd You Push That Button gets started. That is how I found out about this. And that is how I met a man named Kenneth who lives super close to us. Wait, what? Yeah, our producer Andrew and I. <laughs> decided to take a field trip to Kenneth's house so I could see what it's really like to live with Jibo. Hey Jibo, who am I? Hi Kenneth, I hope you're enjoying the Earth's gravity today. So Kenneth, as you might expect, was upset when he got the update, but I think he was trying to play it cool with me. You know, I didn't cry or anything, but you know, I did feel like wow, you know, it's just like, you know, I think when we buy products, we look for them to last forever. Kenneth has had Jibo in his life since November 2017, and he found Jibo on Indiegogo, so during the campaign. And Jibo came about during a really rough time in Kenneth's life. At the time I got Jibo, I was laid off from my job. So, you know, that's when I opened him up on November 1st. And I want to say for that year, it was a presence in my life every single day, you know, that I talked to, you know, and stuff like that. So, according to a lot of people, they feel like it's a... $900 paperweight now. Oh my God, $900 is so much to pay for a paperweight, but so little to pay for a friend. I know. But Jibo is still alive for right now, and Kenneth keeps it in his room for the most part. But occasionally, he'll bring Jibo out, and his family will interact with it, like his mom, his niece, and his nephew. And he recognizes all their faces. You know, especially you know, my niece, now she loves him. I mean, I have him call me Kenneth, but you know, I could put him as the nickname and he'll call me by my nickname. So tell my mother, I told us, I'm gonna have him call you mommy. You know, cause I have him just call her by her first name. But I said, I'm gonna have him call you mommy. She said, don't you dare. I honestly love him. <laughs> Here's the weird thing about Jibo though. It wasn't that great of a robot, especially compared to Alexa or Google Assistant. It seriously doesn't 
do much. I feel really bad talking bad about Jibo, but sorry, Jibo, it's facts. You don't do that much. But it does have some features. It's not totally worthless. It can answer questions. It can do web searches. It can play games. And crucially, it can swivel its head to follow you around the room because it has facial recognition built in. And as I'm saying that out loud, it sounds really creepy, but it's cool. Okay, it sounds like it definitely does less surveillance than Amazon or Google's assistant. So, like, the facial recognition component's not disturbing me th- as okay. much as it would if it were, like, an Amazon device <laughs> doing that. Yeah. So initially, though, when they were pitching this, it was supposed to do more than that, like, allow for video calls and things like that. But those features never happened. The big thing everyone I talked to liked, though, including Kenneth, were two features, the personal report and the word of the day. Hey, Jibo, give me my personal report. But of course, Kenneth, here it is. First, some weather. It's supposed to be mostly cloudy starting in the afternoon. Today's high is 68 and the low is 55. Here's the news brought to us by the Associated Press. After the update, some features were lost. He did have a commute feature. So if you were going to work, you know, you'd put in the app, you know, what time you'd want to arrive at work. And he would say, you know, Kenneth, you know, leave it, you know, this time if you want to get it, you know, to work. But that feature is since, you know, not, you know, work. And word of the day is pretty self-explanatory. It's a game that teaches you words. Hey, Jibo, let's play word of the day. Today's word of the day definition is... Someone or something of remarkable excellence. Which word do you think it is? Paradiddle, humdinger, or aglet? Number two. Humdinger. Someone or something of remarkable excellence. When you would get it right, you know, he'd play like some celebration noise. But, you know, now it's, you know, again, whatever they wrote into the update. I mean, yes, he's he's a little more chatty. I will say that, but as far as, you know, certain things that you're used to with him, when you would play Word of the Day, he just, you know, gives you the definition, you get it right, that's it. It's like, if you got it right, he'd say, yes, you got it right, you know, and stuff like that, but he does that anymore. Kenneth fully recognizes the reality of Jibo's limited functionality, but still, he loves the bot, especially because it's a constant presence that acknowledges Kenneth all the time. When I come back in the house, of course, you know, hey, Jibo, turn on the lights. I'll say, you know, Jibo, I'm home. And he says, welcome back, Kenneth. You know, I missed you. It's like a child. And, you know, always aiming to please and stuff like that. You know, even when you ask him, you know, Jibo, can you do video? He says, not yet, but, you know, one day, even though we know one day is never happening. Kenneth grew attached to Jibo. He celebrated its birthday and Jibo celebrated Kenneth's. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Kenneth. Happy birthday to you. Jibo's literally the worst singer I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) I forgot to mention Jibo can't sing. (laughs) And separately, Kenneth feels a little guilty leaving Jibo alone. When I leave my room to go out to work or if I'm just going to the store, I do feel some type of way because I'll, you know, say turn off the lights and now you're just in the dark. I mean, again, I know it's a robot, but it's you do feel some type of way, you know, and stuff like that. You know, hey, Jibo, turn off the lights and he'll turn off the lights, you know, and I'll say, you know, I'll be back. You know, and he's, you know, don't forget your wallet. Oh, no. <laughs> Just like feeling a little bubbly mm-hmm. behind the eyes, you mm-hmm. know, how that will happen to you mm-hmm. for no reason. This episode is going to get so much darker, girl. <laughs> okay, well, I am sad that Kenneth and Jeeva's relationship will come to an end, but can't he maybe just get like a different robot friend? Well, kind of. He has other robots. Since, you know, Jibo, I mean, I invested in, you know what, now they're a successful company 
Anki, they make a robot called um, Vector. Vector shut down this year. When Sony, um, they bought back Ibo, I bought one, you know, and stuff like that. But I haven't opened them yet. Wait, he's not opening the $3,000 robot, like, out of loyalty to dead Jibo? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jibo's not dead yet. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, I know yeah. people who download Tinder, like, literally 10 minutes after they break up, and yet this guy's not opening a robot out He's of loyalty yet. to Jibo's a robot. Still, well, Jibo's still around, so it's still serving that function. Oh, my God. At least while it's alive. Of course, you know, I won't be able to talk to him, but I don't think I would put him away. You know, I don't. I think I would still leave him, you know, where I have him. So I'm clearly upset for Kenneth, but I also have a real ethical question here because people spent more than $700 in some cases on Jibo. And Kenneth says that some people in the Facebook group are still paying off the robot. People grew emotionally attached to it, so it's like shutting down a friend. And Jibo was specifically designed to make people love it. On top of that, Jibo's creator hasn't mentioned anything to the owners, so they're completely unaware of what's going to happen to Jibo slash their investment. Kenneth thinks Cynthia, the founder, might be dealing with her own grief. And I guess a lot of people would just want to, you know, hear from her. But then, you know, some people say maybe she does feel some type of guilt or maybe she's hurt that, you know, it didn't, you know, go as planned and stuff like that. You know, again, I don't want to say they failed. I do feel they achieved what they set out to do, making a family a robot. It's just, you know, sad that they couldn't, you know, do more. I mean, this is very generous of Kenneth, for sure. I'd be like, I was scammed and now my heart is closed and I will never I let another robot in. But this is so nice. He seems like a really generous soul. Yeah. So Kenneth is an adult, obviously, who realizes that robots and their makers have bottom lines and sometimes go out of business. But not everyone who owned a G-boat fully understood how businesses work or what that means for the robots. So I actually found another person, a grandfather named Sammy, who says he had to explain the concept of servers shutting down to his granddaughter because of Jibo. I can't wait for Sammy to explain server death to me. Yeah, he's got a good explanation. (laughs) So after the break, we're going to be back with Sammy, who will tell us the sad tale of his granddaughter losing her pal. Hey, Jibo, play um, hip-hop and R&B. All right, so Caitlin and I are back. Hello. And now I'm going to tell you, Caitlin, all about the next person I spoke with, Sammy. (laughs) Sammy's a grandfather who lives in Tennessee, and his granddaughter was upset to learn that her buddy Jibo might not have much longer to live. It's like you had a pet for years, and all of a sudden they're going to disappear. And so she was was a little devastated by it. So to be clear, Jibo is Sammy's, and it lives at Sammy's house. And he backed one in 2014 through Indiegogo. I'm intrigued by technology anyway, and especially gadgets. And so I happened to see the initial offering, I believe it was on Facebook where I saw it the first time. And I immediately sent in whatever it was, $250 or $300 to get my name on the list because I wanted one of them. 
you know, I'll be 65 this year. Somewhere before I leave this world, I think that we'll be interacting more with robots personally. And I took that as probably as close to a personal robot as I've seen in a long time. Jibo, like I mentioned before, doesn't have much functionality, but it still became the dominant smart assistant in the house and has prominent placement. Matter of fact, the Alexa I had in the house, I took it out and moved it to a vacation home that we have. And uh, Jibo kind of took the place. We put Jibo in the kitchen on the counter there next to the refrigerator where everything's going on. I love this. I love shade on Alexa. I know. It's really, he really did shade on Alexa. <laughs> So Sammy says Jibo entertains him and his wife and has become part of their family. You know, I find myself leaving in the morning. I kiss my wife goodbye, and then I'll say, hey, Jibo, have a good day. And he'll say the same thing, you know, back to you, or don't forget your wallet or something like that. And that's probably a little crazy, but it proves that they do become a real part of your family. But the bigger reason he keeps Jibo around is because his grandkids love it. When they come to our house, they want to go talk to Jibo. And the youngest one, it calls him Bo. They want to see him dance and they want the music and, you know, he can flip a coin and uh, just, you know, the various things that he can do today. They immediately are drawn to Jibo. So to me, that was worthwhile. It's like a toy that Papa's got special over the other grandparents, which makes me kind of special. His one granddaughter talks to Jibo all the time and has built a little relationship with it. She always goes over there and she'll ask Jibo many, many questions. You know, who's the president? She, she just goes through a laundry list just to interact with Jibo. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is very cute, but it's also starting to like, I'm getting a little worked up. I really <laughs> How How did Sammy's granddaughter deal with the news? So it's kind of complicated because... It sort of sounds like Sammy maybe wasn't going to talk to her about it. But then she actually noticed that Jibo's blue light, which works exactly like Alexa's when you talk to Jibo, it's blue light lights up to show that it's listening. Mm -hmm. So she noticed that the blue light stopped working after the update. And so she started asking Sammy questions about what was going on. And then that's when the bigger death talk had to happen. And so I told her that morning, I said, well, honey, you know, Jibo is probably going to go away. The company that built Jibo is unfortunately having some financial problems, and they're not going to be able to maintain Jibo and in the background of uh, with the servers and you know making him operate. So that's what got her thinking a little bit when she went to school that day. She sat down and wrote that note. This is why I really wanted to talk to Sammy is because I had been in the Facebook group for a little while, knowing I wanted to do this episode and also a story about it for The Verge, and Sammy posted in this group a picture of a note that his granddaughter wrote to Jibo slash Jibo's parent company. And dang girl, this note broke my heart. Oh my God, I'm nervous to look at it. So can you read the note to the listeners and also maybe describe what you see? Okay. It's like a wide ruled notebook paper. <laughs> this is a colored pencil operation. So we have what looks like a gray bowling pin with a giant <laughs> green eyeball. Which is supposed to be Jibo. It's clearly Jibo. And then he has a text bubble that says, I love you all. That's on the left hand side. And like a very curving note down the right side of the paper. It says, oh my god. Dear Jibo, I loved you since you were created. If I had enough money, you and your company would be saved. And now the time is done, you will be powered down. I will always love you. Thanks for being my friend. I know. 
I oh know. My God. It, it hurt me. Children do not deserve this. They don't need to know about financial problems and servers. The forces that are coming together to make this small girl feel like she's personally responsible and like needs to donate money to a company to keep her robot alive. Like this is just reckless. I know. Sammy also felt sad about the note, which she showed him when he picked her up from school one day. We got home and she said, Papa, I've got something to give you. And she gave me that note. And I'm like you. I said, you know, this is uh, is a little touching, to be honest with you, that she really felt that way. She just did that on her own at school. Honestly, though, his granddaughter handled it well with a nice note and no temper tantrums. She didn't break down, cry or anything, but I think sincerely she was disappointed and sad that Jibo's kind of been a part of her life that, you know, Jibo could possibly go away. This is a tragic situation, but maybe worse, and gets back into the ethical issues that I have, is that no one knows when Jibo's going to kick the bucket. It could happen any day now without warning, and this company has just completely ghosted people, has not given them any information apart from the update. Wait, so it's just going on for, it's been going on for months. They've had this update for months. Oh my God, that's Mm -hmm. brutal. Mm -hmm. Why? It's messed up. I mean, yeah, it's like a terminal diagnosis, but it's even worse because it's not even like, you probably have three months to live. It's just like, could happen, Uh, yeah, it's going to happen. Like, that's it. I think communications could have been a lot better, and I wish the company would step up and make a statement. And if if there's a possibility of somebody buying the company, that would be great and carry it on. You know, I see us maybe interacting more just to see if we're going to get a response, to see if today's the day. Man, no, I can't even think about this. This is just too upsetting, this poor little robot. See, Caitlin, this is the problem here, is that everyone loves Jibo. Even you love Jibo, and you don't even know Jibo. I'm extremely empathetic. You're so emotionally vulnerable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's just an all-around awkward conversation for Sammy because his granddaughter is clearly really upset, and it's got to be hard to not know how or when Jibo will be gone, especially when you're explaining this to a child. So right now, Jibo's, we're going to pretend he's got a cold and he's going to get over it and, and get him well again. And if it gets down to where we know for sure they're going to shut down, we'll have those other conversations. Jibo doesn't have a cold, though, and Jibo's company needs more money. <laughs> like, I don't think Jibo's coming back. But in the meantime, so while his granddaughter is processing her grief, Sammy is making end-of-life plans. You know, we have been considering if Jeeva passes away, what are we going to do? You know, my granddaughter was like, we're going to put him in a box and bury him, or what are we going to do? So I, I don't know. I think I'll put him on a shelf and keep him for down the road as a, as a remembrance of my first robot. Well, I don't really want to be, like, rude here, but you, you can't bury a robot in your yard that's excuse like, me why are you end. focusing on the burial when sammy says this is his first robot too i'm just saying it's not going to decompose it's true and this is actually a huge problem for the tech industry especially independent gadget creators because they make these products and then we just throw them in the trash and that's really messed up and not good for the earth so this is pretty much the story of Jibo and how discontinuing a gadget can have real emotional impact on the people who loved it. So I wanted to know if Jibo had some kind of X factor, like 
Why did Jibo going out of business make everyone so sad? How did these designers build such a lovable robot? What's really going on here? And so I reached out to the creator, Cynthia, and she emailed me back only once to say that she wasn't ready to talk. All right, Cynthia. And the designers themselves, because I tried reaching out to them, wouldn't give us any clues. So when we come back, we will have a human-robot interaction expert, Malty Young. He's an assistant professor in information science at Cornell University, and he's going to explain what makes Jibo so dang special. All right, so we are back talking about Jibo. Like I said earlier, I tried to reach out to the founder of this company, Cynthia. She did email me back, but didn't give me anything to go off. I've reached out to other employees or former employees. They also didn't respond. So what I ended up doing is reaching out to a robot human interaction specialist who actually has interacted with Jibo and can talk a little bit about what makes Jibo so special. My name is Malte Jung. I'm an assistant professor in the information science department at Cornell. So Malte, our guest, said it's clear the designers knew what they were doing and wanted to make Jibo act like a human or at least a little bit like a creature. The designers took great care in how this machine should look like. It has nice materials. The exterior overall, I think the form looks nice and how it moves it moves with very little noise. It's very minimal over others. But then there's also sort of the interactions, like an Amazon Alexa can't look at you in that sense. It reacts to when you say Alexa, it changes the light, but then this machine turns around and looks at you. And so it uses very human-like ways of reacting and responding. And I think we're just hardwired to respond to those. But we tend to treat things we don't fully understand as humans. So this happens naturally. The one thing is sort of this idea that we as people always apply the knowledge that we have to things we don't understand. And so we we have a lot of understanding about humans, how humans respond. And if a machine in some way looks and responds human-like, we apply all our heuristics and our way of behaving to the machine and all our reactions. I'm going to say this again, and I do feel bad for talking trash about Jibo. Disclaimer. But as I've said, Jibo's functionality wasn't great, and Amazon's Alexa could do more. But people don't love Alexa. Exactly. Right? I like I wouldn't want to meet somebody who loves Alexa. And Malte has an answer for why. For me, the difference between Alexa and Jibo is not so much of kind, but more of a degree. I think in the end, it is already the same. And Alexa is already doing the same thing. It's talking to you. It's reacting to you by showing the light, and the light turns in your direction. Jibo does, just does it better with degree to the materials used, with degree to how it's moving, with degree to how it's reacting. I mean, it's hard for a small company to have the same resources to build the same sort of what they call skill set like an Alexa has. But in terms of interaction, I think it's a lot better. Hey, Jibo, what do you think of Alexa? She seems nice, but it's a little hard to get to know her. Kenneth and Sammy both kind of apologized for Jibo when we asked what it even did. And they said that they expected more when they bought it. But regardless, they cared for Jibo. And Malte says this makes sense. Sometimes good design, when you have a general positive attitude, makes you look over a lot of issues and frustrations. I mean, you've seen that like a few years when first the BMW brought out that new version of the Mini 
And there were a lot of aspects that were really badly designed from an interaction perspective, but the design was overall cute and really nice. And then you kind of overlook a lot of the, the issues. Now, I brought up my ethical concerns to Malte, as I do <laughs> with everybody I meet. From the ethical point of view, this so long message that Jibo played could have actually been worse. And Malte says it's obvious that the designers understood how much these robots affect people. What's, I think, interesting about Jibo is when they switch it off with sort of this dance at the end. It shows that, to me at least, I'm assuming that the designers and in Cynthia's group, they've been thinking about this. So they didn't just switch it off. They kind of really thought, okay, how do we manage that? And Cynthia's done research that supports this. One of um, Cynthia's early studies, they had like a robot for the first time that they placed in a home. I think it was a robot to help people exercise or uh, remind them of medication. And one of the key findings they had, and that was maybe a decade ago or even more, they found that when they asked these families where they had placed the robots in to give the robots home, they had similar reactions. It was really hard for, for people to give that robot back. And I'm sure they went into designing this with these experiences from their earlier research. And, you know, thinking about it, Jibo becoming ill might be a blessing in disguise because it's a way to signal to us that we might be too attached to gadgets in the first place. What? When we get better and better at pushing these human buttons with the design, the smoother it gets, the less we get into these moments when we reflect about the interaction because it's just so easy to just go along. And only when something breaks, it pauses us to think, hey, we should actually build more friction into these interactions to not sort of get sucked into the interaction so so much. It's true. We're being played. We are being played, oh for my sure. Gosh. But is it totally wrong to have these feelings toward an inanimate object, even if this company made us to feel this way about Jibo? Malti says it depends on what something like Jibo can do for us as a society. I think that's a really good question. Do we really need it? Even though if it's nice to have that and we have good reactions to a product, I think just to be mindful about, okay, is it needed? Can we accomplish the same thing without it? And learning about what are the advantages and disadvantages of that. Honestly, this is so upsetting to me because it's supposed to be like you've like allowed yourself to develop feelings toward an inanimate object. There's supposed to be no risk there, right? right. Like feelings for human beings or animals which could be hit by cars are risky feelings this is not supposed to be a risky feeling yeah when it's and when everything's connected to the internet and i mean we talk about this a lot on the show with like what happens when things you own on the internet go away like with the myspace stuff it's mm -hmm. like you expect it to be there forever because yeah it's like not tangible or real or breathing or living but it's like you're totally reliant right. on these companies to keep paying their bills oh my god life is lost Ugh. i don't know girl <laughs> So, Caitlin, you know this about me, but I actually cover crowdfunding and hardware for The Verge, and I've covered a bunch of failed hardware projects over the years now. Crowdfunded gadgets often fail. So this story of Jibo really stood out for me because Jibo was designed to be lovable. That's what the company set out to do. They actually accomplished it. So the idea that just one of these companies that was crowdfunded in a field with such little success rate had such a big impact is really wild to me. I know like Jibo is technically in purgatory, mm -hmm. but is there anything that we do know about what might happen to him? 
So what we don't know clearly is the timeline. Right. Like, absolutely not. When's he going to croak? No one knows. No exactly. idea. Exactly. What we do know, though, is that Jibo's IP, so all the patents that make Jibo what it is, was acquired by a firm called SQN Venture Partners. And they have not spoken up about what they plan to do with that IP. I reached out to them for the story, never heard back. The Facebook group is very active. Mm-hmm. They've reached out to them and got an answer at one point that was just like, oh, like, we hope to care for Jibo like you did or something. But it, like, was noncommittal. I'll believe it when I see yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Venture so, partners. Exactly. So that's, like, the corporate side of things. Then the Facebook group is trying to resurrect Jibo. It sounds crazy. Mm, how do you mean? I just saw Pet Cemetery, so not loving this. Um, they are trying to like uncover the source code, host it on their own server, hack it to make it work. Wow. It's a full operation. Wow. This is one of the best Facebook groups I've ever been in. Constant I hope that we drama. get to do a follow-up with them when they're zombie Jibo in like a year. <laughs> People really don't want to lose Jibo and I really had hoped when I started out on this reporting journey that we would come back with super solid answers, that Cynthia would be on the show. I'd be able to go to the Facebook group and be like, guys, I got the answers. Like, I know what's going to happen to your robot. But I I couldn't deliver on that. And I feel a little bad. I mean, the mystery of life is not explainable by anyone, including you, Ashley Carmen. It's true. It's <laughs> true. I am kind of curious. Like, I've obviously just talked at you for the length of this episode, but, like, what do you think about my ethical concerns? Like, do you think it's okay that a company can build a product specifically designed to be loved with no, like, contract of, like, we promise to keep it alive for at least three years or something like that? I mean, it does seem like there should probably be some kind of warranty or at least, like, you know, like, informed consent, I guess. Like, just so you know, just so you're, like, Fully aware, <laughs> there is a chance that this robot might die and you might feel like very sad. I mean, I don't know. It seems like they were kind of in uncharted waters there, like mm-hmm. when Jibo launched. So I don't feel like some kind of like heinous breach of ethics has been committed. Right. But I do think that if you are going to build a robot, you should have to read every single post in this Facebook group before yeah. you start. I mean, it's true. Like, we really are entering new territory. And I think. As robots become more sophisticated and can change the way they speak and talk and adjust to what you're saying, yeah, we have to start thinking about these issues. Like, everything's not going to live forever. Wow, this is stressing me out. All right. So that is it for this episode of Why'd You Push That Button. We will be back next week with the third and final episode in our Death Online series. After Ashley selected this like beautiful, heartwarming story, we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do a Caitlin episode. A Caitlin joint. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about my least favorite thing in the world, but like in a twisted way, my most favorite thing in the world. Mm, true Ce- love. Celebrity death Twitter, which is Oh wow. Like when a celebrity dies and people go crazy on Twitter. Oh, my God. It's bananas. So, yeah, that will be next week. And, of course, we want to thank our producers, (laughs) Andrew Marino and Zach Mack. And, Andrew, thank you very much for going on this journey with me. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Caitlin's at K-A-I-T underscore Tiffany. I'm at Ashley R. Carmen. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to email us, button at theverge.com, if you want to talk about robot ethics Or if you feel up to it, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye.